Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman and what a lineup we have for you today. Because on the release of the 156th Wisden Almanac, the editor Lawrence Booth explains why the 100 is such a huge risk for UK cricket. The 100 will take place at the same time as the 50 over the Royal London One Day Cup, just when England have got good at it. England might win the World Cup this year. Next year, it'll feel like a second eleven tournament. The Championship will be shoved to the margins of the season again. We'll, we'll have juicy pitches, sorry, Rory, in early April and May. Bad time for openers and then uh, late September. And the T20, no matter what the ECB say, will feel less important for a couple of years. So it's not just whether the 100 succeeds, it's what impact it has on the rest of the county game. And as you'll hear, my main man, Gareth Batty, says there's a real fear within the game about the problems it could lead to. My issue, and I'm saying as a fan and as a guy that's about to finish my career, what sort of a state are we going to leave our game in? If this hundred fails, are we looking at Chernobyl? Are we looking at an absolutely catastrophic muck-up? Which it could be, it may not be. And let's hope we're proved wrong. Thankfully, it's not all end-of-the-world stuff. One man with a rosy view of what the future holds is England, Surrey and Wisdom Cricketer of the Year, Rory Burns. He goes in and bowls and Rory Burns clips it on the onside very crisply. It will go out to the mid-wicket sweeper, but they will still be able to take two. And Rory Burns has another test match, 50 to his name. Burns on England, Booth on Coley, Batty on the World Cup, all crammed into 20 minutes of cricket goodness. So if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe through your favourite podcast app and stay up to date with all the week's cricket. You're listening to Following On. Well, welcome back to The Oval. Listeners uh, who tuned in last week will no doubt be uh, hearing the same sounds that we did when myself and Gareth Batty were alongside each other following the press day, the sounds of the lawnmowers out on the pitch. Um, and we're back here. 
uh, to your home, mine, and uh, a couple of other southwest London dwellers. I'm pleased to say that not only is it myself, John Norman, it's Gareth Batty, and uh, it's that time of the year again, Lawrence Booth, the release of the Winston Almanac, uh, and suddenly after being in a dark room for the best part of three months, you come out blinking into the sun. Yeah, it's a bit bright, isn't it? I haven't, I haven't seen it for a while. 156th edition uh, published tomorrow. We've got a nice dinner at Lord's. Um, Looking forward to it. Some some good stories in there. Some uh, five cricketers of the year, as always, gets announced, and hopefully there's a bit of talk about it. Well, the five cricketers of the year, Gareth, um, is as you say, Lawrence, uh, almost the top line, isn't it? It's, of course, the the editorial, and that's something we're going to be talking about. Uh, very strong uh, messages coming from the wisdom in regard to the hundred. Um, but well, first off, let's let's hear who those five cricketers of the year are. Yeah, they're Tammy Beaumont, Rory Burns, Joss Butler, Sam Curran, and Virat Kohli. So a nice mix there, I hope. Well, I speak. I think I speak for pretty much everyone, Gareth, and I say I didn't realise Virat Kohli hadn't won it in the past. That's actually something of a surprise. Amazing. He's won everything else in the game and he's taking the world of cricket by storm. Uh, four out of the five Surrey players. Well, Virat, can we call him a Surrey player? He was signed on the dotted line and then unfortunately injury kept him out. So very selfishly as a, as a Surrey fan and a Surrey player, that's, that's an amazing thing. The people that have got the award have been magnificent, uh, not just this year and rightly deserved, but over a period of time. And that for me is the biggest accolade with the wisdom uh, cricketers of the year. They generally it's over a period of time. So it's a, it's a no mean feat. Uh, Lawrence, uh, give us a bit of an understanding about why those five were selected. Yeah, so a couple of criteria, as always, for Wisdom Cricketers of the Year. It's based on the previous English summer, and you can only be chosen once. So sometimes people say, you know, why isn't Coley there each year? Well, that's the reason. Uh, we'll start with him. He had an amazing summer last year. 2014, he toured England, could barely score a run. Jimmy Anderson had him on toast. Uh, last summer, he, he scored over 500 runs in that series. I know India lost 4-1, but he was a standout batsman of that series. So he, he was a, a bit of a gimme. Um, go back to the top alphabetically, Tammy Beaumont. Um, she was quite unlucky to miss out last year with three women cricketers of the year last year because England won the, the Women's World Cup in 2017, of course. She was a leading run scorer in that World Cup, but didn't quite make it. Anyway, she responded amazingly last summer. She scored 300s in nine days against South Africa. She ended up with 650 odd runs for England which was the most by an England woman in, in a home summer so again very hard to look past her um, Rory standing next to me here had an incredible summer as well I think it was the fifth summer in a row that he topped a thousand championship runs for Surrey over 1300 runs the most in the country averaged what 65 something like that and he captained Surrey to their first title since 2002 so again pretty hard to ignore uh, which brings me to Josh Butler, who is also virtually impossible to ignore. He was recalled by Ed Smith to the test team on the back of his IPL form, which seemed quite a brave move at the time. People said, hang on, can you mix up white ball and red ball cricket to that extent? But he, he responded superbly and he showed that he could bat in different ways. He got that quite patient 100 against India at Trent Bridge in a rear guard, losing cause, but he, he showed that he was very adaptable. So very happy to, to, to name Josh. And then, of course, Sam Curran without whom England might not have beaten India, the world number one test team in that series. They won 4-1, but could it easily have been 3-2 to India? He, he counter-attacked at Edgbaston, counter-attacked at Southampton, and England won those two tests by narrow margins. Um, he sort of came from nowhere almost, but look at him now. £800,000 IPL deal, a hat-trick, four wickets in ten balls or something, winning games out there, so suddenly a superstar. Uh, well, as you mentioned, Rory Burns is with us as well. I mean, in the last 12 months, Rory, you've made a debut for England. You've won the championship with Surrey as captain. Um, and now, uh, after a winter away with England, one of the five cricketers of the year. I mean, that, that's been quite 12 months, isn't it? Uh, yeah, pretty good 12 months. I've probably taken it if you had offered me that at the start. But yeah, obviously, 
the main crux of that winning the championship I obviously got to build on the bloke to my left um, what he left for me and you know move that on as as the sort of project that we've been working on down here at Surrey um, and then to be able to contribute to that and obviously make an England debut um, yeah it's been a pretty good 12 months the man alongside us, uh, Gareth Batty, was part of the commentary team on TalkSport 2. I mean, Gareth gives us a bit of an idea about hey, what it was like, actually. I mean, I know we've spoken personally about this, but watching Rory go out there and, and play for England whilst on commentary duty and also just about, you know, the achievement itself and being named as one of the five cricketers of the year. I think go for the initial uh, bit that you spoke about me on comms when uh, when Rory was walking out I was more nervous probably than he was um, you, you spend a lot of time with 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 your, play, your teammates and players at your club and I'd, I'd seen Rory sort of come into the team as a young man um, having been at university and what have you and, and just sort of took to it like a duck to water and grew and grew and grew and added to his game year on year on year and I suppose the biggest thing with this is it's it, it, it's it's just such a massive thing for him and recognition for him that he's got better and better and better over a five-year period. One, to get his England cap, amazing. Topped off with the Wisden uh, top five players of the year. I mean, that's just an amazing thing. And so few people get that. That's recognition for a man that um, is, one, putting the club I care about on the map. but And hopefully this summer he's going to put England on the map even more in the ashes. Well, absolutely. And that's something we're looking ahead to. But after the summer that you've just had, summer away that is, winter here. I mean, where, where are you as, 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 a, as a player right now? How do you view uh, the test matches? How do you view what's about to come? Uh, well, it's an exciting summer and there's obviously a lot of cricket before those test matches um, from a personal point of view. Uh, now, a lot of cricket to be played out here at the Oval and that, and that sort of stuff. Um, it's obviously a very exciting summer as well in other England terms, Cricket World Cup and, and us probably being branded as favourites of that. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big summer ahead. Well, look, it's something I'd like to ask you both, actually, because one of the themes or the, the, from the editorial perspective is about the retirement of um, not necessarily the man whose position you took because you were going to play even if Alistair Cook stuck around. But one of the points you make, Lawrence, is that in some regards, Alistair Cook and Rory Burns are almost from a generation where crease occupation, the amount of time you spend um, and also facing enough deliveries is part and parcel of being an opener in this country and whether the game itself the four day game is going to be in position to help the next Rory Burns, the next Alistair Cook come along is open for debate I mean can you expand a little bit more about those fears? Yeah I mean Alistair, the moment he, he left or quit test cricket we all missed him didn't we instantly because we knew that an, an era had, had vanished with him I mean he'd been playing test cricket since 2006 he'd scored more test runs than any opener, any left-hander in history. He'd, he, and, he, and he placed crease occupation above style, if you like. And we always joke that he had about two or three shots against the fast bowlers and they took two of them out by not bowling short at him. So he was left with the nudge off his hip. I mean, that's an exaggeration, but he was, he was strong enough to, to stick to his strengths. And that, that is what opening batting is, is about, I guess. And it's particularly hard at the moment. The last couple of years, the pit conditions haven't been easy. Cook himself said that the last few years have been among the hardest uh, to bat in England. And following on in his footsteps is a tough job. You know, there have been plenty of openers tried since the retirement of Andrew Strauss. Rory's the latest, and I think he'll do very well. He already showed in Palakali and Barbados that he, you know, he's got what it takes. So the question is now, if you're a young cricketer coming through, would you say, I'm going to practice my forward defensive and try and get a four-day contract with Essex or Surrey? Or am I going to go for the big bucks and work on my ramps and reverse sweeps and so on? These are questions that cricket's been wrestling with for the last few years, but they're getting more, uh, more pressing now, I would say. So if you were to start your career now, I mean, would you have changed the way you approach cricket? I mean, when you look at the calendar for four-day cricket, this year, OK, there's going to be a lot of it during the summer. But as of next year, moving onwards, 
your type of player may not be able to flourish in the same way that it has for the last 10 years or so? Uh, well, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because, you know, I've always played to my strength. Like Bats has said, I've tried to come in every year and, and add to bits of my game to try and improve myself as an all-round player. But particularly in terms of opening the batting in four-day cricket, because I realised that, you know, my best skill is crease occupation. It's, it's probably doing some of the ugly work for, for guys to come in and flourish around me. So... Uh, if I was to start my career again, I'd probably go about it the same way because you know I'd utilise my skill set in what's best for me in terms of how I'm going down the line. Um, so yeah, I, I would encourage people that come, like cricketers that come into the game, to to do that. Cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. When you're bowling bats, do you like to bowl against a guy like Rory or do you prefer to be bowling into a guy like, say, David Warner? Uh, I wouldn't like to bowl at Rory now because um, we've let a few trade secrets pass between spin and, and batter over the years and he's got me on toast. At, well, he's probably always had me on toast, but I, I think it's different. Uh, I think you know when there's a Warner at the crease or somebody who's very expansive, you're only a bowler away. Whereas if you get a Burns, a Cook, these guys that grind you, a Raul Dravid back in the day, they make your day a horrible day. And it's not for 10 minutes, it's not for 20 minutes, it's not for 20 overs in a 2020, it's all day. And everybody in the ground is watching you all day get punished over and over and over again. And the punishment is not in fours and sixes all the time, it's just in that mental wearing down physically. And at the end of the day, you walk off and you're sort of drained and it's kind of like you you spend the night then trying to get the energy back in your body to go again the next day. And I think that is harder from a bowing perspective than somebody whacking you out the ground every now and again. Okay, well, let's take a look to next year. So this 2019 is a hugely important year with the World Cup and the Ashes. Next year, of course, the 100 and all that that entails. Do you expect to be playing the 100 next year? it's <laughs> a good question I don't know who's going to sign me up uh, you know I'd, I'd probably leave that in the hands of the people who are selecting the teams um, 
but yeah it's obviously it's an exciting part of it because you know there's a new product being placed into the game um you know in terms of whether i'm best suited to playing in the hundred i think that's for other people to to talk about would you be happy playing county cricket or another form of cricket whilst the hundred is is taking place um well, I think, you know, in terms of the 50 over competition, as and if you're taking the best white ball players out of that, it's probably going to become a lower calibre competition. I think that's obvious to say and a, an obvious remark. Um, I would, yeah, of course, I'd be happy to keep playing for Surrey in all, all formats and, and not be selected in the 100 because it's my club and it's what I hold dearest to, to me. And I'm obviously the captain of it. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. It's, uh, it is going to be interesting next year because loyalties, like we see in the Big Bash, where players who've come through the ranks of, say, Western Australia suddenly end up playing for the Mel- Mel- uh, Melbourne Renegades and so forth. But within Wisden this year, particularly scathing, an almighty punt, I think, is how you described the fact that to answer cricket's problems, what cricket has done is to essentially create a new form of cricket that isn't played anywhere else in the world. Yeah, you know, it, it's a punt, basically. I, I, I do believe. I mean, the ECB have argued strongly for it. They think there's a new audience out there, and they will come to watch this form of the game. They they think they're simplifying cricket for the audience. I would argue that they're adding a fourth format. And if you look at the fixture list, it's already pretty complicated. You have to have a degree in astrophysics to work out, you know, whether you're going to a championship game, of a 50-over game, or a T20 game. And the T20 blast has been doing pretty well the last couple of years. It's been getting people through the gate. I would have liked to see them invest more in that and, and trust trust county cricket to attract uh, people to the ground as it is as you say they're, they're, they're throwing a lot of money more money than they said they would at a, at a form that isn't played anywhere else and they're staking a lot on it um, I've seen projected audiences for, for the, the first few games at about 12,000 they're all going to be played in the test match venues you have 12,000 at the Oval it'll look half empty it won't look great I may be wrong. I hope it works. Cricket does need it to work. Daryl Mitchell, the PCA chairman and Worcestershire opening batsman, said, we're all in trouble if it doesn't work. So I hope it works. I just have my suspicions that it won't. I hate to bring Brexit into this conversation, but, you know, what we're seeing in Parliament at the moment really should have been the easy bit. And it's quite scary to think that the difficult bit, all those trade deals you've got to do with 27 EU countries and all that, is still to come. And I kind of get the same impression with the 100 in a way, Gareth, because this, up until now working out what the rules are, what the teams are and all that kind of shenanigans. That should have been the easy bit because the difficult bit is yet to come because it's people like you and Rory and all the other professionals in the game who have got to essentially buy into it and work out a way that works for you all. And I imagine, and having spoken to you, know that there is a lot of debate in and around the players behind the scenes, which is just about to come out. Yeah, I think you look at it from a playing perspective. Whatever is put in front of us, the rules change slightly for one-day cricket with the the field restrictions. Uh, 2020s, you've got the the sort of time you've got to get your overs in. All these things change all the time for players. Different rules. Absolutely fine. Players will find a way, 100%. There is no drama with that. My issue, and I'm saying as a fan and as a guy that's about to finish my career, what sort of a state are we going to leave our game in if this 100 fails? Are we looking at Chernobyl? Are we looking at an absolutely catastrophic muck-up? Which it could be, it may not be. And let's hope we're proved wrong because the last thing we want is our great game being tarnished by something and a whim uh, that really that money could have been spent in brilliant ways to promote our game. Maybe, maybe think of an old school half 2020 cricket to a T10 and put it into all the state schools. Spend all that £80 million they've just 
basically put down the toilet, I believe, trying to manufacture this 100 game. That could have gone into state schools and get the thing that we've all been crying out for, and that's everybody playing cricket. Get some coaches there, get the games going, have a big national tournament. Spend the money wisely, let's promote our game. Well, if you're talking about promoting, if you were to give the ECB's side of things, I suppose you'd say that one of the best ways of promoting the format is to get it back on TV. You know, the man who's just walked past us, you can hear his studs on the uh, on the concrete, Alistair Cook, we've just been speaking about. Now, he scored over 12,000 test runs and they weren't on terrestrial TV and Rory Burns hopefully will go on to do exactly the same thing. We need to get that back on TV. And the 100 is on TV. I mean, Rory, growing up, I mean, can you remember? I mean, how I can't think how long it's been. 2005, so 14 years ago. Okay, 14 years ago when you were what, about 13 or so? 14. Now, you're actually at. Well, you could have got away with it. You, you're at a position where you can po probably remember cricket on terrestrial TV, and you remember it on satellite TV. I mean, did it make any difference to your love of the game, getting in, involved in the game? Oh, I remember watching it on Channel 4 definitely, uh, and I think. 2005 was still on terrestrial I think mm. and I remember playing with the aerial and stuff to try and get the best feed of you know in this some mine were watching loose women or something in the sitting room so I got kicked out to the playroom and trying to play with the aerial just to get it on TV but like you say cricket's our biggest summer sport uh, and you know we should be celebrating it we should be trying to promote it as much as we can and you know grassroots we want to get as many kids playing the game because they're the guys who are going to then come and take it on in, in the professional format so uh, yeah it's an interesting debate again. Lawrence? Yeah, I mean, the 100 is essentially a, a, a solution to a problem created by the, the ECB when they um, when they took cricket off terrestrial TV, I, is, I would argue. Um, they, they made it less visible. I appreciate all the money that's come into cricket through the, the satellite deal. Um, and you know, it's not to question the, the quality of the, the coverage or anything like that, but cricket became less visible at precisely the moment when it might have captured uh, an entire nation. Remember, we all remember 2005, the players were in Trafalgar Square, they'd won the Ashes. Cricket was cool. I mean, there were, people were crowding the streets of London. There was a ticker tape parade. It was, it was amazing. We'd never seen anything like it. And then suddenly, uh, to, to those without a satellite dish, it, it vanished. So, look, we, we are where we are now, and the, the hope of the ECB is that this will... Uh, correct that imbalance. I don't blame them for trying something different. I just wonder whether this they built an idea around a marketing notion, which is all oh, hundred is a that's a nice round number. Let's create a tournament round it. First of all, they said it was going to be a ten ball over. That was their big USP at the start. Then the, the goalpost has shifted gradually as more and more people have pointed out sort of um, concerns with the tournament. So. We will see, and, and don't forget the impact it's going to have on other forms of the game. I mean, the, the 100 will take place at the same time as the 50 over the Royal London One Day Cup, just when England have got good at it. England might win the World Cup this year. Next year, it'll feel like a second 11 tournament. The Championship will be shoved to the margins of the season again. We'll, we'll have juicy pitches, sorry, Rory, in early April and May. Bad time for openers, and then uh, late September. And the T20, no matter what the ECB say, will feel less important for a couple of years. So it's not just whether the 100 succeeds, it's what impact it has on the rest of the county game. Well, that's uh, a debate that's set to go on and on. Let's uh, let's finish finish the show with uh, some positivity, though, because of course this is a, a marvelous uh, summer ahead. We've got the World Cup uh, and then the Ashes, of course. Uh, I'm not going to ask Rory for his predictions, but I will ask uh, ask you two. How do you how do you see? And we will be back this time next year, probably at this very ground, talking about edition 157 of the Wisden, and hopefully the five cricketers of the year won't have too many Australians in them. How do you see this summer going, World Cup and Ashes? I think England have got a great chance of the World Cup. I, I, I've said for 
about a year now that I think the final will be, t- be between England and India. I think they're the two best one-day teams have been for a while. Australia are just coming up on the rails slightly alarmingly. Turned it round in Australia recently, then beat Pakistan 5-0. You can never write them off. They seem to have this big tournament temperament. But England have been playing for this moment for four years and they have been the team to watch. The Ashes, well, it may look like a 50-50 shout. It's not. I think England should win. Australia haven't won in England since 2001. And that's because when there's a bit of lateral movement, they, they don't like that. And there's no reason why that won't happen again this summer. Jimmy Anderson still looks as good as ever. Brilliant stuff. Lawrence, thanks so much for joining us. And Wisden Almanac is out now or when's the release date? It's out on uh, Thursday uh, and should be available in all good bookshops and some bad ones as well, I expect. Fantastic. Well, I look forward to reading that. Whilst I am at this very uh, ground, uh, Essex, that's the reason Alistair Cook is here, um, playing Surrey. Before we uh, have a quick chat about that, uh, the same question to you, Gareth. You're, I mean, he's ridiculously positive. You weren't here last week, actually, were you? Because you were down with a little bit of illness. But I spoke to half the team and I tried to get all of them to say something negative about him and failed. So I don't suppose you've, you've got anything bad to say. No, only the good stuff. Uh, obviously, got a lot of time for him. He's he's helped me a lot uh, throughout my career. Like he says, in passing on tricks of the trade uh, over the last five, six, seven years. So, um, yeah, only good stuff really from me. And are you going to tell us the team for the first game against Essex? <laughs> uh, I can't yet. No, sorry. <laughs> oh, well, I thought I'd try and slip it in there towards the end. Bats will tell me after this after the show. Uh, and Bats, yeah, this summer World Cup. I mean, I know what you're going to say you're Glenn McGrath, five 0 England and England World Cup winners. No, I don't think. So. I think it's going to be one heck of a World Cup. I think it's teed up to be absolutely phenomenal. It's brilliant that Australia coming into a bit of form. Forget the last three, four years. England have been magnificent, and I watched them at close quarters this winter. Watched them train. Went to every training session. They're on the button. They are brilliant. They wanted to get better in the field. They're dynamic in the field. They're brilliant batsmen, as we see Jason Roy coming back from a bit of a niggle there and injury. England are favourites, and rightly so. They're the best one-day team in the world by a street. But it's knockout competition. Don't write off India. Don't write off Australia. Don't write off Pakistan, if we're being brutally honest. I think it'd be an absolute belter. Ashes, I think it's closer than people think. I think it'd be an absolute humdinger. I really do believe we're on, the, we're on the verge of a 2005 again. I think it could flow both ways because of the expansive players that England have got in that middle order. I think we can take it away from Australia. But you look at their bowlers. Oh, they've got some dynamite there. They could really, really hurt us. And don't forget our... Our two big boys, Anderson and Broad, will want to be... They're getting near the end of their career. They will want to be finishing in style. They'll be wanting people talking about how brilliant they were in that last Ashes. Not the first or the second or the third, their last one. They want to finish in style, which I think will get England over the line. But I think it could be a 3-2. Oof, I hope so. With Rory Burns, man of the match, back here at the Oval in the middle of September. And... uh, that uh, brings us back to, back to the end of the show, really. Thanks so much, uh, Lawrence Booth, editor of this and Almanac, Rory Burns, England and Surrey opener. Surrey captain. And uh, Gareth Willett, I think we're going to have to make a solemn pledge that we do not broadcast this show next week from the Oval. I think it is only fair. Well, we can go down to Guildford if you want. To never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe either on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. See you next week. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, 
you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.